Hello, everyone. Welcome to Route 66. This is Tuesday, April the 5th, and we have with us today Taylor Lamborn. Taylor, thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Awesome. So great to have you here, and thank you for doing the takeover. Um, you shared some amazing things on the stories, but one thing that stuck out to me that I have to ask you about, how in the world do you managed to do a concert in 25 degree weather <laughs> it was very very cold um uh the staff really tried to make the stage warm but i mean it was really mostly adrenaline <laughs> that oh. kind of got me through it it was insane yeah so yeah but that's how cleveland does it we go wow. hard <laughs> wow yeah it would have to be adrenaline and just pure excitement from doing the show i agree my body just cannot handle cold temperatures like that. So I cannot imagine trying to have to play drums or guitar or stand up there and sing and try to entertain a crowd when it's that cold. Yeah, I think, so my voice didn't really have much of a problem, but my fingers, I like cut my fingers a couple times. So that wasn't yeah. super fun, <laughs> but mm. I passed I passed one solo off to my other guitarist because I was like, I just can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, I think we kind of, we just powered through and it was really good. <laughs> yeah, and the opposite of that is being, you know, in an arena somewhere where it's, you know, or any venue that's indoors, then you have to worry about it being too hot. Like, oh yeah. Uh -huh. so you never have like the perfect temperature venue. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, is that even possible? <laughs> I Yeah, I think it, it all is going to depend on, I guess, what I'm wearing and the mood of the, the crowd around me. I, I don't mind the too hot uh, as much, but it definitely messes up the makeup and the hair and the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, as long as my fingers are functioning, though, I'm, I'm happy. But somehow, you know, too cold was still okay because I was playing in front of, you know, a thousand people and it was awesome. Yeah. It was yeah. super cool. So... A yeah. fun, a fun event. Yeah, the <laughs> adrenaline from that, I would imagine, is definitely what gets you through. But <laughs> um, speaking of putting fingers to work, we'll let you go ahead and do that if you want to kick things off with a song. Um, tell yeah. us about the first one that you're gonna do and the inspiration behind it, how it came to life. Um, okay, yeah. So uh, I have spent a, a good deal of time like reviving songs that I've written over the past. I love that. Fun. I love uh, that. This I... one is called Work the Streets. Uh, it's a blues song I wrote after I moved to Cleveland. Prior to being in Cleveland, I wrote a lot of folk, pop, country, and then I came up here and I really delved into the blues scene. Um, and this song I kind of wrote about what it's like to be a, a musician. You feel like you're selling yourself all the time. So I, uh, I felt that way at work too, and it's basically like, feeling like a prostitute all the time. <laughs> That's what this whole song's about, so. All right. He gave her money, she took her time. Everyone know, but they hate no mind where you get down. We all work these Get down, don't you know that? We all work these streets. Oh, her heels, they're high. Her legs, they're long. She'll spread them easy if you play her a song. 
always change, but things never do so. And it's some coin like me and you, I say you get down to it, baby. for musicians but so many jobs not entirely <laughs> we're not just talking about that but I mean yeah I mean to constantly feel like you're trying to validate your worth to sell yourself mm -hmm. to someone um, I mean that is the music industry um, and it's hard it's tough um, I mean I don't know that firsthand I know that just by talking to you guys but I'm sure from even your side of things, though, you feel that way sometimes. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but the ability that you have to take your feelings and put them into song mm -hmm. is just amazing. Um, Thank you. And I love that you're not afraid to say what's on your mind. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's evident in quite a few songs of yours mm -hmm. um your latest release brittle being one of them um i absolutely love that song i think that may be that's definitely at the top of my list if not my favorite um oh thank you yeah it's yeah. it's one of my favorites too actually i was really great when that that one came out of my head i was very proud of it <laughs> yeah. now when you're songwriting does you said that just like came out of my head is that one that you wrote relatively quickly did it just kind of when it started it all flowed out or was yeah. that a little time consuming um typically with a song like that it'll flow out and then i'll go back and i'll kind of like smooth out the edges later um and it's one of those songs that i almost forgot uh, oh. i don't know if you <laughs> if you saw i reshared a video from the first time i shared it on instagram and it's so funny because I like I, I had forgotten all the lyrics. And I was like, oh, you know what? I have to remember that song that I wrote a couple weeks ago. And I just took a video of myself tr trying to remember how to play it. And I couldn't remember the last line. So the video actually of the first time I shared it is really fun because you just see me stop and like think for about a minute. <laughs> and then I remember. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad that that one uh, I didn't let just disappear into the ether. <laughs> yeah. So. And, you know, I've noticed that a lot talking to artists that sometimes some of their better songs that they put out are ones that they forgot about a little while for whatever reason or not. So why was this one that you kind of put on the shelf and you didn't like that day? It wasn't like, oh, I got to get this song done. This is going to be a great one. You kind of put it on the shelf for a little bit. Why was that? 
I think I typically do that with almost all my songs, mm. you know? Okay. I'll, I'll write, and then it, if it feels meaningful and I uh, want to pull it back out and revisit it, that means that it's, like, really good. And um, that one almost didn't get that revisit. And then I don't know what it was that sparked it at that time, but I was like, oh, yeah, I got to remember that song. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, definitely glad that was one that you revisited and finished. Have you ever had a song that you started writing that just completely flew, flew, flew out of you, flowed out of you, and you were like, all right, this is it. I don't need to do anything else to it. <laughs> um, or are you? No. I, I, I've always gone back and, like, it, it, whether it's changing a chord or, like, reworking a line there, there's always like something I'll want to adjust um but uh with happy which is a song I'm gonna release this month um I didn't write the chords for it my bandmate at the time did um but he played it for me and the lyrics that we chose to keep I actually had just freestyled over the chord progression so the literally the first time that he played the chord progression for me yeah. I came up with the lyrics on the spot and just sang them and for fortunately had my voice memo out and I recorded myself singing it. So oh, that wow. one, I, I changed some things with the melody and we like reworked the structure a little bit, but all the words were as I sang them as I was inspired by the chords, which was kind wow. of cool. <laughs> now, is that typically how you write? Is it the chords inspire the lyrics or vice versa? Are you typically lyrics first or? Um, Honestly, it's what mood I'm in. Mm. Um, you know, if I have, like, if I, I'm just wanting to, like, experiment on the guitar and, like, come up with new chord progressions, then that will help me write a song from that. If I'm really upset about something, whether it's, like, in the news or in my personal life, and I want to get those feelings and emotion out, then that'll pour a song out of me. Um, yeah, so it'll all depend. And I'm one of those people where if I like think of cool rhymes or turns of phrases, I'll put them in a note on my phone. Yeah. And I'll go back and look through the notes on my phone every now and then when I'm not feeling inspired. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's kind of cool to have that little wordplay in there. And then a song will spur out of that. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, you talk about feelings and like whatever you're feeling in the moment and it may turn into a song. Is mm -hmm. that what happened with Better? Yeah, <laughs> entirely. Yes, 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 Love yes. that one. Love that um, one. Yeah, and it's funny because that one actually, like, I was doing this fun thing on my guitar, and that didn't end up making it into the song, but the lyrics were all just completely born from me wanting to quit my job. <laughs> I think everybody can relate to that song because I think we've all felt that way mm -hmm. at some job at some point or another or about some buddy that we worked with so when I heard that one for the first time I was like yes she <laughs> wrote like a I want to quit my effing job anthem <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of people think it's a breakup song too so like that's why I like to tell people that fun fact that it's a, like I literally wrote it as a big F you to my boss so <laughs> yeah. well I mean and that's that is the thing about a great song where it can be Mm -hmm. You know, you write it meaning this way, but someone else listening to it, it may fit their life at that time in a different way. Entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that is the definition of a great song where it can <laughs> be interpreted a few different ways, unless it's a very intentional song 
that can only have one meaning. And I mean, have you ever wrote a song like that where it was very intentional and like, you don't want your audience or your listeners, your fans to make it into something else? That makes um, sense. Well, I think some things when they're personal to me, I'll, 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 I'll try and, you know, sort through my feelings and it'll be very intentional. But I do like the room for interpretation for yeah. other people because it's it's natural. It, it, songs are in my world like a conversation. So mm -hmm. if I'm saying my thoughts and saying my piece, then it leaves room for other people to reflect on it. And if that reflection kind of brings new light to it, I'm not going to be opposed to that. Um, I'm trying to think of an example of a song where it's almost impossible to do that. And like the only one that comes close is a song I, so many of my songs I almost didn't release, but uh, the, the one that's called Family Song, which is on my releases. I don't know if you listen to that one, but it's very specific. And it's like a love song to my family. And every verse is like a verse about my brother and about my dad. And then about how I've written love songs, but I'm intending to actually put love back into my family. And then I write a verse about my mom. So it's, it's very specific. That one's kind of hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hard, hard, but other people can apply it to their own experiences, their own families. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I, I think that is the magnificent thing about a great songwriter is when you write something that is an intent that is intentional like that, but mm -hmm. someone else can relate to it yeah. because of their own personal situation. And then you're like, okay, I, I mean, if it was me, I would be like, okay, I feel better about that. Cause I'm not the only one. <laughs> like it's yeah. kind of that realization that I didn't only help myself writing this song, but maybe it just helped somebody else too. Entirely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is the magic of songwriting. Music is so healing. And to be able to put a song out there that whatever emotion it evokes, whether it's, you know, a sad breakup song or a great love song or an F you to your boss song or whatever <laughs> it is, you know, that someone relates to it and there's a feeling that goes along with hearing that song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I always, I love listening to artists that have, you know, that ability just to deliver a message that is well received. Um, so when you are writing, so it's kind of on that same note, when you're writing or when I listen to a song, if it's a song that hits me like better, I was automatically like picturing this video in my head, what it <laughs> looked like. Mm -hmm. Do you do that when you're writing or is it just like, okay, there's this story and I want to get this story out, but do you, go into the future and picture like if I put a video out with this, this is what it's going to look like. Yeah, I, I yeah. do do that. Um, it's funny because I actually I have so many videos in my head for songs I've written. And if I had unlimited resources, like I would put so much into that because Absolutely. I think the art two art forms are so complementary to each other. And I grew up, you know, in the TRL generation. Yes. where we consumed music so much through video. So I, it's hard to separate the two in my mind sometimes. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, I think that's where it comes from with me. Because um, yeah. I'm older. I grew up in the MTV generation when it 
first came out, when MTV uh -huh. was actually just music videos. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, the first time hearing a song, it was accompanied by a video. Yeah. And so I think that's what it is for me, why that's so embedded in me. But like, I get, I love it when I hear a song and I'm picturing this video in my head. And then I actually yeah. watch the video that the artist did. And I'm either right on the same page with you or I'm like, wow, that is not even where I went with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, I think that's one of the great things about you know, leaving it up to interpretation and then having the video come later. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, there's no right way to go about anything in this industry anymore. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I definitely do. I have imagery and ideas that accompany everything in my head. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you always wanted to be a singer-songwriter? Um. I've always gravitated towards music. It's always been a very strong, uh, had a strong role in my life. Um, I didn't think that being a singer songwriter was a, like a career path for me mm -hmm. um, until I was kind of in my early twenties. Oh, wow. um, yeah. So prior to that, it was just, you know, I was writing songs for fun and um, doing it almost more therapeutically. And I recorded my first album when I was working that job I was telling you about. And that was also just for fun. But when I quit that job, I was like, well, now I have an album. So I might as well tour and like <laughs> do stuff with it. And now here we are 10 years later and I'm doing even more with it, which is really cool. Is anyone <laughs> else in your family musical? Um, not in the same ways. Uh, my dad actually was in a band I believe when he was like in high school um he played the saxophone um cool. and there are other people in my family who love music but that haven't necessarily pursued it in the same capacity yeah um, so yeah mm -hmm. yeah you, now your dad playing saxophone was it kind of like a bluesy band or um i think so he was really into like blood sweat and tears and earth wind and fire like that oh kind of yeah, yeah. uh-huh Okay. So I, I have a I have a feeling that it's kind of the direction that it went, but um, I wish I could ask him. But. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, so the you have this very distinct tone to your voice that I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. um, that is like this bluesy rasp almost. I don't know if I'm explain. You know, I'm yeah. Not, I don't explain things well. Um, but. but definitely like this rasp to your voice that I absolutely love. Um, Thank you. Some people that, to me, that either comes naturally, that's like your natural given singing voice, because when people try to imitate that, it doesn't work out well, I don't <laughs> feel like. Mm -hmm. um, but yours is definitely natural. I love the tone of your voice. The Thank first you. time I heard your music, I was like, <laughs> and I always try to like, I hate to do this because I hate for people to compare people. Mm -hmm. But I'm always like, who does this singer remind me of? Who does this singer remind me of? But even though you have some of those qualities that make me think of some other singers, I'm like, mm -mm. she's like totally unique. This is like <laughs> her own sound that like, if I hear you on the radio, I know that's you. 
Wow, that's actually a very huge compliment. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I think my, my sound definitely evolved over the past 10 years. After I moved to Cleveland, I was so heavily influenced by blues jam night scene here. Um, and I think that's where my voice kind of grew and took on that rasp. Because prior to that, I was, um, you know, like I said, mainly playing folk and uh, like pop kind of stuff. So I had a yeah. much like lighter approach to singing. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I, I got used to playing with these full loud bands behind me, you know, ki kids were playing like Stevie Ray Vaughan looks as loud as they could. And I was like, I gotta somehow fit in here. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> so God. That's where the, the rock and the rasp started to like cut its way into my voice. Cause I had to really learn how to project in a healthy way. Um, and I started listening to music by maybe some of those artists you were thinking of. Um, and the two uh, worlds kind of collided, you know, that folk yeah. and the rock and the blues and suddenly had like a marriage of two things that wouldn't have made sense otherwise, but right. They, you know, so. I, Mike, I totally under, he said, I hate when someone says my stuff sounds like Jason Aldean. I'm always like, I don't want to be like Jason Aldean. I get that. <laughs> Singer wants to be their own individual. Whereas I think it's kind of two sided. Like it's a compliment. If someone says, Oh, you sound like Stevie Nicks or yeah. You know, I hear some Stevie Nicks in your voice. That would be a compliment. But yet, yes, you want to be mm -hmm. your own individual person. So yeah. I totally get there's like two sides to that coin. So with it's, that said, who are some of your musical influences? Let's see if we're on the same track here. Well, I think I influences are also it. like different from who I sound like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Because exactly. I'll, I'll get people telling me I sound everywhere from Jewel or Nora Jones all the way to Janis Joplin. And that, like, that spectrum is so huge, you yeah. know? And I get, like, Sheryl Crow a lot, and I get... Um, Janis like, Joplin is one I was definitely thinking of. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. And, and people will say Bonnie Raitt, and, you know, mm -hmm. I, Susan Tedeschi, Brandi Carlisle. is like, all over the board. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of influences... I. I'm influenced by the, mostly by the people around me. Um, so I can name you all the greats of the Cleveland music scene and you will have never heard of them. But Becky Boyd and Mary Bridget Davies and Christine Jackson and Aaron Rossi, the way that they have stood up at like these local jam nights and every, everything else in the area, I, I've admired how they've performed and conducted themselves. And they've had huge, huge, huge influences on me. Um, I love that. Yeah. I love that you, your inspirations come from local people that you have seen just blow it away instead of the common inspirations. And, and that's not an insult to anybody else. I don't mean it like that at all. But it's so easy to say, oh, I love Kelly Clarkson or I love Jason Aldean or whatever. But when it's people that you literally are surrounded by mm -hmm. yeah instead of just hearing on the radio that <laughs> and to me that's truly an inspiration so yeah. I, I love that I love mm -hmm. you're the first person that has really said something like that <laughs> love that well it's what I most genuinely believe so yeah. uh, <laughs> well yeah. I think everybody probably has those local inspirations and maybe they shy away from saying it because nobody else has heard of them Mm -hmm. Um, but Hey, if nobody had talked about 
Janice Joplin, nobody would have heard about her either. So exactly. And I think the whole entire world should hear about Becky Boyd and Mary Bridget Davies and Christine Jackson and Aaron Rossi. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now you're definitely good on the guitar. Is there any other instruments that you play? Um, I, I have a piano here behind me. I, I'm not a proficient pianist. I can play all the triads and I can play scales and everything. Um, but I mainly just work out songs and chord progressions in the piano if I'm getting, uh, if I want to think in a different way. Um, but I'll very rarely actually play the piano at a show. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a little bit more difficult to tote around with you than a guitar, so. Entirely, yeah. But yeah, no, that, that is also factors in. I picked today. a portable instrument, which I'm pretty happy about. Yeah. You see somebody, oh, let me just put my piano in the truck so I can take it with me. Mm -hmm. Well, people do that. You know, I have friends that, uh, you know, they'll take their electric pianos on the road. And um, yeah. my, my one buddy, Brian Bacon, he's actually down in Nashville right now. And he, he does exactly that. And unfortunately, he can't take an actual acoustic piano with him. But... Right. But the, the portable keyboard. Yeah. The, the one that he has is incredibly heavy, though. It's like over 200 pounds, I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow. So... You know, they have to do it. Oh yeah, you have to do what you have to do. And I imagine, as an as a musician, you're comfortable with your instrument. It's not like, I mean, if you're a great guitarist or a great piano, I'm sure you could pick up any guitar, sit at any piano, and play it. But there's a, I would imagine there's a difference in the comfort level with your own instrument entirely. Yeah, um, I actually, I just played a gig um, for a local band's uh, CD release, um, and it was such a fun night, um, and we were the the last act before, you know, the, the CD release band, so somehow that meant we didn't get a sound check, <laughs> which, which is fine, you know, sometimes those things happen, but I was using an amp that I'd never used before, and... I dialed into the first song and I, w I was so confused <laughs> because it sounded different. And, yeah. you know, like that small tone difference. I was still playing my guitar, but even the, like the different sound coming from the amp threw me off a little bit. So, yeah, um, it, it, it's interesting. And sometimes it can elevate you because you're like enjoying what you're hearing and you're exploring yeah. and rethinking things in a fresh new way. And other times it can throw you off in another way where it's just like, oh, wait, how, how should I adjust? You know, should I be revoicing my chords because it's a little too tinny? Should I, you know, be, uh, you know, playing, uh, I don't know, with a different pickup? So th those are all the things you have to consider. Um, that would be, I would be on the fly. <laughs> scared to death. Oh, I don't know. The thought is like, not having a sound check before going out there and you yeah i know i that would just freak me out i would be a nervous wreck do you still get nervous before shows um you know 96 percent of the shows no there's always like the occasional like situation where there's something really important riding on it or um there's somebody in the audience i want to impress or something like but for the most part you know, I've, I've done it enough times that I don't really get the jitters <laughs> too much. Yeah. Um, 
So, and the great thing about doing all the jam nights that I've done is like, I've, I've had to be open to things not going as you, as you plan them to on stage. And I've done that week after week over the years here in Cleveland. So I'm kind of just used to like, all right, well, we'll just wing it and we'll make it work and everything will be good. And no matter what, we're going to have fun. So yeah. 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 Well, and, and that is such an important statement that you just made. Like, no matter what, we're going to have fun. When <laughs> things live, you never know what's going to happen. And you just kind of have to go with the flow of whatever does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some wild things happen when I've been on stage. <laughs> I was going to ask about that. Like, what is, like, the best and the worst thing that you've had happen at a live show? Um, okay, so with that first song that I played, The Work the Streets, there's uh, the middle verse that's like, Officer, why would you drag me away? Um, so right at that point, I'll kind of set the stage. I was in a tiki bar on the beach of the Pacific coast of Costa Rica. <laughs> oh. And, you know, I'm in this foreign country. It was my first time down there. Um, and I think it was maybe my second performance uh, since I had, you know, entered the country. And I, I was right at that point in the song, and the bar got raided. <laughs> the, and these men showed up, and they were they were running like policia, you know, completely like decked out, looked like a SWAT team. Oh my. They went, we're going for one of the line cooks. I don't know what he had done. If he was like a, a Coke dealer or if he had like a warrant out for something. I have no idea. And I was oh like, well, I guess I got to keep singing. But I was literally singing about getting dragged away by the police at that moment in time. <laughs> that is, that's classic. Like, you, oh, that's when you hope, like, I hope somebody was videoing this. And nobody was. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would have been entertaining above the entertainment so yeah. yeah um so I think that's like hands down like probably my best performance story <laughs> um yeah other things like other things that have happened have just been like really cool shows like bright winter but I was outside in 25 degrees you know so I can definitely spin that one too <laughs> like why did they have this festival outside could they not find an inside venue that's the whole point of it it's like wow. Cleveland gotcha. It, exactly. they've done it this is their 13th year and it's just like we're so cool in Cleveland we'll have an outdoor music festival in February and like that's just that's what it is so. what yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> I imagine if you are of the festival scene that's one that you want to play at yeah uh-huh it was yeah. it was a pretty big deal so Mm -hmm. Wow, that's cool. So is that, is there another festival or event that you have played that tops that one? Or was that one of your top memories at the moment? For this year, that's definitely my, my favorite me memory. Um, I've done, you know, I've gotten to do the stage uh, down at Envision in Costa Rica. Like that was a remarkable experience and I'm so grateful to my buddy Drew LaPlante for coordinating that um that stage it it was completely constructed out of like live plants I have a really cool picture on my Instagram like oh, that wow. festival everything about it is just like sustainability and art 
all combined. And so yeah. the it was the most beautiful stage, just completely covered in tropical flowers, like so picturesque and really awesome. So mm. yeah, I've not <laughs> been to Costa Rica, definitely a place I want to go. My youngest son is like so upset. He, his senior year, he's in his second year of college, which is actually his last year of college because he went to early college. Okay. Um, so, but his senior year of high school, they were supposed to go to Costa Rica mm -hmm. uh, on like this, like mission type trip. Mm -hmm. um, and of course that's when COVID hit. So it got canceled. It yeah. was rescheduled for 2021. Mm -hmm. he was gonna be, you know, he, he was gone. He did the whole reschedule thing canceled again mm -hmm. so they're supposed to go this year well now he's fixing to graduate so it just doesn't work with his timeline yeah oh no go and he's like i'm like so heartbroken and he was like looking so forward to it and you should like, just go on a mother-son trip down there right i think go zip lining and surfing and do the whole thing oh my <laughs> yes i love doing that kind of stuff i am um i'm one of these people that's like very adventurous. I will try almost anything one time. Like, life's too short not to have fun and enjoy it. You know, there are certain things that I can't do. I've had neck surgery and I have issues. So, like, unfortunately, I can't do anything that would jar my neck. But outside of that, I'm like, hey, I'll, whatever. I'll try it. I don't care. Mm -hmm. um, and Zachary's kind of the same way. He's like that. So we would have a blast on a trip like that. Are you like that? Are you very adventurous? Like, hey, I'm up for whatever. I'll try anything almost. Yeah. <laughs> anything once and then like decide after that if I'm going to do it again. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's actually one of the stupidest things that I've done recently uh, also involves getting extremely cold. <laughs> I went um, on a hike. I was playing some shows out in Idaho this past fall. And one of the families I met took me on their favorite hike, which was at the top of a mountain, there's a lake. Um, so we're climbing up through a snowy mountain. And at the top, there's a film of ice on top of the lake. So we would, you know, we threw a couple stones out there and it made that really cool noise where it's like the the caverns, everything, everything's making weird noise because there's yeah. ice on top of the lake. And then they dared me to jump in. And I did. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. That was colder than 25 degrees. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I had, oh. the other thing is you had to hike back down the mountain surrounded by snow. <laughs> yeah. So you're hiking back down the mountain soaking wet from jumping in the lake. Yeah. Yeah. I now, okay. You're probably more adventurous than I am. Cause I don't know that I would do that. Well, uh, the guy that I was hiking with, he jumped in first and I was like, well, I can't, I, I can't not do it now. Exactly. I'm always going to regret not jumping in this lake if I don't do it. So I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. Oh my God. Don't you hate that when you're like, Oh, why did you have to do that? Cause now I have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, it's really hard for me to back down from a dare, especially if I see somebody else, uh, Oh, yeah. Following through on it. Hi from Norway. How cool. Hello. Hello. Welcome. He's a regular here. So I always love seeing uh, my out of the country friends joining in. Um, love it so much. 
Um, Norway, another place I want to visit. I have, I love traveling. I mm -hmm. like probably go anywhere. If someone was like, here's you a ticket, you can go here. Um, is there a place that you haven't been yet that you want to go to? Like what's at the top of your bucket list musically mm -hmm. and like personally? I think, uh, personally, I, I would really love to go to Thailand. Oh, yes. Purely because of like pictures I've seen and, uh, agree. Yeah. Um, and it's a long trip, so it hasn't really crossed my desk yet. Um, musically, I'm not really sure. I've been incredibly fortunate to travel. Um, that first year when I, I released the album that Better's on, I did a road trip across the whole US. So I've gotten to go to almost every single state and, you know, go back multiple times. Um, yeah, and I, I, I've been to a number, I've got passport stamps. <laughs> I yeah. got a number of them, which I'm really excited to, to be able to say. Um, my favorite musical city to visit, that's not uh, Cleveland, of course, which is a hidden gem, everybody should come to Cleveland, um, is probably New Orleans. Uh, I love going down there, the live music scene, phenomenal. Yeah. For a blues lover, yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, fun fact, my dad was born in Cleveland, but... Really? I, um, yeah, he only lived there a brief time um, when he was a kid, but yeah, that's actually where he was born at. But um, I have never been to Cleveland, but I would love to. I want to do, like, I want to visit every state in the U.S., Mm -hmm. I only probably have like a quarter of them knocked off of my list right now, but I definitely want to visit like every state in the U S. Um, and then of course I want to go abroad, but I love new Orleans. Oh yeah. my gosh. I know exactly what you mean. The music scene there mm -hmm. for a blues or jazz lover is unbelievable. Entirely. But I mean, like so many cities, like Nashville, I know people automatically think of Nashville, they think country music. Mm -hmm. You say New Orleans, you automatically think blues, jazz. But there is every genre of music there. Yeah. Every genre. And just to walk around, when we went there, we were actually going on a cruise that was leaving out of New Orleans. And we went a couple of days ahead of time because I was like, I'm not going to New Orleans and not check out the city i want mm -hmm. to get the french quarter yeah we actually stayed in a hotel mm -hmm. that was on the haunted tour oh cool um, yes because i said i want to stay in the french quarter and i want that quintessential french quarter style hotel like i don't want to stay in an upgraded marriott mm -hmm. you know i want to be immersed in the culture and so unbeknownst to me when I booked it, um, it was on the haunted tour. Um, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. And it was over, I forget how old the hotel was, but it was very, very, very old. Um, and it, you could tell it used to be like a mansion house uh -huh. that turned into a hotel. And I was like, okay, I want something creepy to happen. Like, I want that. Uh-huh. <laughs> And it was funny because we could sit out on our balcony and the haunted tour would go by and they would stop literally right in front of our balcony and tell the story about this hotel. And I was like, 
I want something to happen. But nothing happened. Oh, bummer. <laughs> I know. And like nothing. I didn't see anything weird. Nothing. I didn't. I don't know. Maybe they should at least oh. just flicker the lights for you. To right. like make you I, think I, you I, experienced something. <laughs> yeah, I was like. I, I like ghosts. I like spirits. Let me know that you're here and nothing. I was so disappointed. Mm -hmm. um, Nashville 10 to 15 years ago was the best city. I still think Nashville's pretty cool, but I love New Orleans. Mm -hmm. um, New Orleans, I highly recommend that to anybody. Like, go to New Orleans. It was the street musicians. I don't know if it's like this in Cleveland or not, but like the one thing that stood out to me in New Orleans was the street musicians yeah, and how remarkable they were. And I was just mm -hmm. like, I was in awe, like every corner that I turned and there's, there's no better city for street performances. I think. Yeah. Cleveland's trying to get a street performance kind of thing going, but yeah. it's, it's always interesting when it's kind of coming from, it's not the artists that are starting it as much as like the city wants it to happen. Yeah. And in New Orleans, it's just so, there's, there's such a history of it that it's like an honor to get a specific corner of the street, you know, yeah. and you're yeah. going to see the best of the best because they've worked their butts off to get to that corner. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. I, I would love to go back to New Orleans at some point. And I would love to go back to Nashville, all y'all that love Nashville. Um, I know Mike, Mike is hating on Nashville. I'm just kidding, Mike. No. Uh, no, I get it. If a place that you grow up in and you see it change, sometimes mm -hmm. not for the better. Um, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Comment. I do uh -huh. love Nashville. I love Nashville and I love going there. Um, so... I imagine for you being somewhere like Cleveland where music is prominent for you there, do you have any desire to like relocate to Nashville or are you like, nope, I'm good in Cleveland? Um, right before the pandemic, actually, I was seriously considering that. I uh, had an apartment all set up to go down for three months um, and it was supposed to start in like April but then the pandemic rolled in and I was like, it's not worth me going down to Nashville right now because all the bars are closing down. I can't really yeah. get a name for myself. And I kind of just settled deeper into Cleveland and now it's pretty unlikely that I'm going to move anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. But one of the great things, I mean, of the many great things about Cleveland, uh, I, I feel like I can travel a lot because the cost of living here is really low. So it's really, um, like conducive to being an artist, you know, I yeah. can go, go other cities and, you know, have my travel budget be what my living expenses would be somewhere else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that makes a difference. Yeah. The cost of living in Nashville, I would imagine right now is outrageous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, I'm the kind of person that always has to find the silver lining in something and definitely the silver lining of all this COVID crap was the realization that, and I mean, people were realizing it before, but even more so now, like mm -hmm. you don't have to be in Nashville or LA or New York to pursue a career in music. You can literally do it from anywhere. Um, there's so much stuff people are doing virtually. And I know nothing replaces doing things 
in, you know, face-to-face -face with people, such as songwriting, so you can feed off of each other. But you can do almost anything virtually now. Entirely, yeah. Like, look at this, we're having a conversation. I know. Right? <laughs> across state lines, <laughs> you know? Exactly, and across mm -hmm. the globe with some people. So yeah, I think it's it's opened up a lot of doors for people. Um, but I've talked to so many artists that were like, oh, we're supposed to go to Nashville at some point in 2020 and like COVID just shut it down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, I mean, it's not, for some people, I think it shattered their dreams. For other people, it made them just like refocus and okay, I'm just going to do this now. Exactly. Yeah. I think some people are really good at, uh, you know, switching courses and kind of making the best of their situation. And those are the people that I think are going to be like the most successful coming out of these big world shifts because exactly. we can't control the world outside of us. So, and Mike, I get what you're saying. Um, I, I haven't spent as much time in Nashville, but I have a lot of friends that have seen, you know, like whole sections of the city get rebuilt and yeah their favorite streets now are just bachelorette parties <laughs> exactly yeah i but i totally i totally get that i totally get that too like broadway is one big party um which i mean there are some cool bars and cool places to go to mm -hmm. um but i'm kind of like with mike i'm trying to think my very first trip to nashville was like and i tell people my age all the time i don't care but um it was in 1995. Yeah. So um, 27 years ago was my first trip to Nashville. And it was completely different then than what it is now. Um, but, you know, the younger generation is different than what it was when I was 20 and 30 something. So um, yeah. we all just go with the times. And I, th I think whatever works for your career or somebody else's career, you're going to find that path. And if being in Cleveland is that for you, go for it. I, I don't think, I don't think true talent has to be in a certain city to make it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just need to, to meet the right people and make the right content and, you know, exactly. not yeah. so. And if you're happy doing what you're doing, mm -hmm. that is better than anything else. I mean, I know a lot of people want, oh, I want the fame and I want the fortune. Mm, I know a lot of artists that are just like, if I get to play my music for people that enjoy it and I can make a good living at it, then I'm happy. Exactly. I don't yeah. know. That would kind of, I feel like that would be me. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, in that way with this show, like, you know, I mean, Bobby Bones started out somewhere before he was Bobby Bones. <laughs> I don't need to be that level. Um, would I like to have my own talk show someday like Natalie Clarkson? Of course. You totally but, could. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, I'd love this to turn into that. But do I have to have that? No. Mm -hmm. So it's like, as long as I'm providing this platform, getting to have people like you on my show, and just enjoy getting to know artists and yeah. give you a platform to maybe gain a few more followers, then I'm so happy at what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Entirely. And I, think, I think that's the difference. People need to find what makes them happy. Um, so what do we have to look forward to coming up from you? Speaking of happiness and things that make people happy. Um, <laughs> 
I know you've been working on like recreating old songs. Is yeah. that what you're going to continue to do or what do we have to look forward to? Well, um, yeah, so this past year has kind of been like my reintroduction as an original artist. Um, uh, mm -hmm. So I recorded this live album in September of last year and I'm uh, releasing a couple singles uh, that, of songs that were revisited and songs that I'd never released previously and they're all acoustic and live. Um, and I'm going into the studio this month to start doing some full band recordings, um, hopefully to release in June. So you're getting a release from me every single month, no matter what, whether it's one of my acoustic singles, some from the vault, like stuff that I've never released before. There's gonna be new music every month this year. Um, and the one coming out in April is a live and acoustic version of Happy, which is a song that I wrote with group. Um, and that uh, album is available online, but it's very difficult to find. Uh, so I'm also this month gonna um, start to move and migrate my old band's content over onto my platform because I retained all the rights to that work and wrote the majority of it. So. <laughs> yeah, um, it'll be a lot easier to find uh, under Taylor Lamborn instead of just searching the word group. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, because we want to be able to find your music. Um, <laughs> it, mm. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to go there. I, was gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I think when we're young musicians, sometimes we uh, we make some mistakes. That was one of them. Naming a band group. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think a lot of artists are learning that by all of this being so public, what Taylor Swift has gone through. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully um, young musicians out there starting out um, will not make the same mistakes and, you know, <laughs> always maintain rights to your music. Um, which, I mean, I get it. It would be so easy to be, like, enticed by people wanting to pay you for what you do. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I, I think if I was... <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to say time. no good if somebody said they'd write me a six-figure check. I, I, I'd have to, like, really think about that seriously, you know? Yeah. I, mean, uh, I think it'd be really hard to say no. So, but... It would be, but just mm, have somebody look over the fine print. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just have somebody look over the fine print, but yeah. Um, it, because the fact remains, the the statement of a struggling artist remains true. Um, Y'all don't get paid fortunes to go out there and entertain, which I think is, you know, I, we won't go there, but that was my whole thing when COVID hit when musicians were not considered essential. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Mm -hmm. Like, mm, yeah, okay, we won't go there. Um, <laughs> that, that's a whole rabbit hole we don't need to go down for. But I thank you so much. I'm of course gonna let you end the show with another song, but I thank you so much for coming on the show today, sharing your music and your talents with us. And I've had a blast talking to you, getting to know you. I look forward to everything that you have coming out. I love, love, love that you are putting something out each month. Um, so I absolutely love that. I'm going to be looking forward to Happy is the release coming out this week. Do we, uh, this month? This month, yeah. Do mm -hmm. we have a release date on that? Or are you I think that? 
29th, I think. Um, April 29th? Yeah, I should. I would navigate my calendar, but then my screen would go black. <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty certain it's the 29th. It's the last Friday in April. So. All right. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, I will definitely be looking forward to that one. And if you want to end things out with another mm -hmm. song, if you want to tell us about this one, or it may be one we've talked about, who knows? Uh, I don't think we have. Uh, this is called Thrill I Seek. Okay. Um, and I don't know if I have much to say about it. It kind of speaks for itself. I kind of like that thing that we talked about earlier where it can be open up to like interpretation from everybody, you know? Yeah. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. So, yep. It'll be one of the uh, full band things I record over the next year, hopefully. So, awesome. I've got time. Only sort of feeling close is Can't stop reeling when it comes to you, but I want it to, and I want it to. Yeah, I want it to. So tell me. in these moments when you want me still and you're not the kind of thrill I see why do I let you speak cause I've got time lonely sort of feeling close
version too <laughs> oh my god that was so good thank you thank you so much <laughs> i am a sucker for acoustic versions anyway i just you feel so much more emotion out of that but i mean if that was that good i can only imagine what it's going to be like with a full band behind it but <laughs> i am loving that acoustic version oh my god thank you okay so when is the release on that on this song yeah. or oh. <laughs> I don't know I know you um, said like I forget when you said the full band stuff was coming out was it later in the So summer? I'm starting to record the full band stuff this Oh time. start recording Yeah okay. so my our studio date is April 18th Yeah okay. So I'm if anybody wants to be in touch and like uh in the loop on the releases for that that'll all get announced on my website and on my Instagram if they want to follow me um that's the best way to Catch okay. those songs when they're ready to hit the airwaves. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. I, all right, that, that's, that's gotta come out soon because that's like my new favorite. <laughs> ah, oh my gosh. All right, what a way to end the show. Thank, Thank you. you so much. That was incredible. Um, everybody, you heard her. Make sure you are following Taylor Lamborn on all socials. Um, she's got releases coming out every month this year mm -hmm. um the acoustic album is coming out um yeah so that that one will be out by the end of the summer um okay. and we'll see i don't know if i'm going to release the whole thing online or if that's just going to be exclusive content so Ooh. i might just it might just be uh physical copies and then um yeah like the singles will be online mm -hmm. mm, okay so, mm -hmm. okay Thank you so much, Taylor. I look forward to all of your releases. I'm like dialed in. <laughs> well, it's so nice to meet you uh, and all of your fans here. Thank you so much for joining me. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Definitely look back to look forward to having you back on the show again <laughs> in the future. Keep me posted on all things that you've got coming up going on, which I'm in tune to your Instagram, so I'm sure I'll know. <laughs> Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody that tuned in live with us. And thank you to those that will watch the replay later. I hope you all have a great Tuesday. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most of all, be kind to each other. Bye-bye.